Hello, service coordinators. Welcome to the, I think it's, wait, episode 13 or 14 of the Service Coordinator Podcast. Today we are joined with Sonia Nelson. She is with the Columbus Metropolitan Housing Authority. Sonia, welcome to the, uh, to the Service Coordinator Podcast. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so why don't you tell me what you do at CMHA? I know you're the Vice President of Resident Initiatives, but what does that exactly mean? So I manage all the supportive services for CMHA residents across our portfolio. So while we have our experts that make sure we um, provide um, affordable housing solutions through our housing subsidy uh, and our, um, our apartments and apartment communities, I also, I manage the part of the actual people. So what are the things that our residents need? What are some of the, uh, what are some of the resources that are available? On-site service coordination for, um, which is something that is, that is huge that I look forward to um, talking to you more about that. And, um, and just really all thing residents. Yeah. So how many residents are you over? So in Franklin County, CMHA has over about 33,000 residents. Um, when you look at our total portfolio, who we provide housing assistance for, uh, which includes the state of Ohio and DC, we have over 225,000 families. Wow. It's, yes. And so I need to get what we're doing right for Franklin County, because the opportunity exists for us to um, find similar solutions for the residents that we serve as, as an organization. Okay, so what, and this might just be a guess, but what, what percentage are you working with families and you actually have um, some type of service coordinator program or service program for those families as opposed to, uh, actually working with, with just seniors? What, what's the difference in kind of population there? I would say probably about, and I'm just rough balling it, like maybe about 30% of our total population are seniors. Um, the rest are our, our, um, our, our families. And so okay. we identify a family, whether it's one individual or, or multiple, um, individuals in a household, probably about, so, that, about that. Okay. So what's your, what's, what's, what's your biggest roadblock right now as far as getting to families or those seniors? Is it, you know, we're coming out of COVID a little bit, but is it, was it just COVID or was it pre-COVID? This is, this is the issue that we're dealing with and COVID only sped it up. What, what, what's the, the main issue or what's the, the main roadblock for you? I would consider it an opportunity and that would be our relationship building. And so we are very intentional about providing and programming in an empowering way. And in order to empower someone, they have to trust you. And so we want to, one, create a relationship with those that we are here to serve so that they know we are here and this is the services that we provide. But it's also when 
when we say we want to help in with all aspects of your life to be able to have the, the conversation that we need to have you need to be able to trust us we need to establish a relationship and so we are um, very intentional in that way and recognizing that we um, we need this relationship we want to have this relationship and so uh, creating 33,000 friends in, in, the, in the process. And so that is, I think that's the largest, that's the largest opportunity. Okay. So how, how big is your staff that's reaching out to those 33,000 folks? <laughs> you would think it would be a whole bunch of people. Three. <laughs> we are a, we're a small, mighty team. Yeah. So um, it's myself. We have um, Alex Romstead, who's our um, assistant vice president. We have um, Raheem West, who's our resident services supervisor. And we have Tommy Papato, who is our um, resident services analyst. And then um, we also have currently on our team, uh, Kayla Algeyer, who is our Ameravista and who is amazing. They're all amazing. And then um, Shay Heath who is our OSU intern. And so that is who all we have here on, on site. That's part of the resident initiatives department. But we also have a service provider network, which is a collection of uh, community organizations all focused on one of our four pillars of support and or pillars of focus. And so, those organizations, those representatives, we also consider part of part of the CMHA team. That's what makes us more powerful and have the ability to be able to serve so many people, but not only the ability, but also to be able to do it right. We are not a direct provider. And so, um, and we're helping people in areas that we are not experts in. And so, the service provider network is a structure for us to be connected to those experts and let, um, and along with the residents' voice, allow uh, them to empower us and make sure that what we're doing is appropriate and on par and meeting the needs and the desires of our residents. Okay, so, so where do you guys get your? your funding from? Are you getting it from the city of Columbus, the state of Ohio? I mean, I know there's housing authorities and it seems like every, every city, I mean, there's, you know, whether they're little or big, but uh, where, where's your funding coming from? Then when it comes to resident services, uh, you know, is it, are you going out and trying to find all sorts of different grants or, or how's that all work? So we, um, we're lucky in that all of our staff is paid through, through CMHA's general budget. And so um, this work is directly connected to our mission. And so CMHA has already committed in that, in that aspect. Um, so for our, um, for our LIHTC properties, there's a commitment our tax credit properties, there's a commitment to provide supportive services. 
So those supportive services fees go directly into our, um, into our resident initiatives account. And so that's part of our, that's part of our budget. Um, we do apply for some small grants, um, but we really uh, don't want to have that be the focus. We really want to put proposals together and, and get them funded. And um, so there's a, there's a difference in doing that. When a grant tells you what to do and how to do it, and then they'll give you the money, a proposal says, we want to do something, we want to do it in this way, will you fund us? Yeah. And so we want to, um, again, using the expertise and the insight from our residents and um, those representatives on, in our service provider network, we want to create proposals and then ask individuals, ask funders to, um, to, uh, to actually fund those proposals, directing those supports to those community organizations that we will work in, that we will work in partnership with. And so, um, so, so it's a, we, we have the luxury of being sustainable in the way that we staff salary is covered by CMHA. And we have the um, service coordination fees because we know it's hard to do this work, um, to fund this work. Everybody wants service coordination, but, the, but nobody wants to fund it. And if they do want to fund it, they don't want to fund it appropriately. <laughs> and so, um, so this is, this, we are in an excellent position to um, be able to do this. Yeah, I think what, what I've seen, especially with those, tax credit programs is that you know there's never enough money put in <laughs> into the to the resident services piece and so uh what a lot of organizations end up doing is kind of you know taking little pieces from here maybe i get a grant here maybe i get a service coordinator for five hours a week here you know and it's just it's just not how it should should be run wow. uh, and the last thing you want is you know 20 different uh you know grants out there that you're trying to you know Pull data for each one, and each one wants something different. So, so I, I get I get where you're where you're coming from, I guess. Right, and our the people that we serve, their lives aren't grant specific, and so they don't stop at the end <laughs> of the grant. So, we like we don't even we didn't even we knew off at the beginning we did not want to start in 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 that way. We wanted to create an infrastructure that was sustainable so that the supports can be consistent. That is part, um, that also goes back to us being able to be um, relationship focused and making sure we have a relationship with our residents and one that they can trust us. And so it's not fair to them to say, we're gonna provide an after school program in your community if we get a grant. And so when you build that expectation and you, or you know that level of support is available, you want to be able to count on that support. So when you're planning on what your family might need, you want to say, okay, well, I know there's going to be after school programming in the community room, and then we're going to transition when um, school ends to summer school programming, and it'll also be at the community room. Not waiting to see if we'll actually get a grant to be able to provide it. Right, right. So how long have you been with CMHA? It'll, um, six and a half years, it'll be seven years in, in January. 
And were you doing this type of work before? CMHA? I was. So I had, um, so previously I worked at Nationwide for 10 years. Okay. And that corporate structure gave me such a strong foundation. Um, it also positioned me well um, once I discovered my purpose, and that was to get into the supportive services work. So I left Nationwide, and then I started my own social enterprise, and, um, and I did that for about 10 years, and wow. it was amazing. So I ended up um, actually partnering with a local nonprofit who's was running who was running their business inside of uh, CMHA's Poindexter Village community room, mm-hmm. which used to be the Poindexter Village um, management office, and so that is where I found out about CMHA's um, receiving the Choice Neighborhood Initiative grant from HUD for the redevelopment of the Poindexter community. And I began my connection with with CMHA. It was actually a seamless connection because I had already been involved with CMHA before before I actually became an employee. So one of the security officers, he would see me coming in, in and out of CMHA after I had already started and (laughs) thought I was just still doing work. It took him a minute to realize that I was an employee and I was like, no, like I work here now. And so uh, <laughs> I like that. It, was, it was cool. It was, it was cool to see how everything just fell into, uh, fell into alignment. But right. yeah, it was just right there in front of you, right? It was, it was, it was right there, but it was, it was one of those things where you didn't even know what was happening. Like I was just going along, just minding my own, trying to run, a social enterprise trying to understand what a social enterprise was because at that time it was still it was still new i didn't i didn't know what to call it um i knew i wanted to do work that is traditionally done by a nonprofit organization but i don't non as a as a mba graduate nonprofit doesn't process right for me yeah like and so, um, and I wanted it to be something where I had an advisory board, but not a, a direct board. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted something for profit, but provided that social, those of social support. So um, luckily I ran into Tony Wells with the Tony Wells Foundation, and he was a leading expert on social entrepreneurship. And so I took his social impact investing class and it absolutely like changed my world. And I knew it it gave me the terminology of exactly what my business was as, as a social enterprise. And that's, um, so all of that experience, my time with Nationwide, my time with running my social enterprise, my time with learning about social, um, social impact investing and, um, and, the, and that concept really feeds into how we do things here within the resident initiatives department. And it, it also allows us to understand the social service side, but to know we're dealing with for-profit businesses on the other side. 
So we have to be able to show them what the results are of our work in a way that matters to them. And so I can get that. I can bring the heart and mind together in that way. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I think a lot of people just see see folks, whether it's a director position or a VP position or senior, whatever it might be. And, you know, typically there's a there's a story behind that, how that person got to that spot. You know, it's never just just given. So what what about um, thinking back, you know, what, what's maybe one of the most innovative programs or one of the programs that you see um, CMHA doing right now or that you've put in place? that has made the most impact for residents? I'll say the one that made the most is our partnership with the Healthcare, Columbus, Healthcare Collaborative of Greater Columbus and the Pathways Hub. And so we um, figuring out how to offer supportive services to everyone within the portfolio was a goal. Um, we started to see through the Choice Neighborhood Initiative how um, providing that type of one-on-one um, -on -one support was so valuable, but it was um, so, so much we wanted, we didn't want it to be that for just a certain population. We wanted to determine how we can offer that to, to everyone. And um, that model although very, um, very efficient, was grant-based and it didn't produce a, um, like it didn't have the paper structure model like ACGC and the Pathway Hub has. And so, um, so when we connect, we partnered with them, it allowed us to be able to provide supportive services and offer supportive services across the portfolio. And so, um, so now where individuals can contact us and they're referred to a, uh, the Pathways Hub in one of the um, dozens of organizations that are connected with the Pathways Hub will receive that referral and then work on, with that individual one-on-one. -on -one. They even will do home visits um, when safe, when, when they have the ability to be able to safely do that. But now our residents are connected to someone, a community health worker that can directly work with them one-on-one -on -one at an at a unbelievable amount of savings compared to having service hiring service coordination, service coordinators to do that to do that on our own. It is, I'm most excited about that structure because it, it is definitely one of the examples of providing that support, doing it right. So it's, just, it's um, it has a sustainability component because the, um, the, it's using a pay for success model that is funded um, based off of uh, providing supports through the social determinants of health and um, with reimbursements from managed care organizations. And so, uh, so as those community health workers achieve various outcomes, they are then reimbursed for achieving those outcomes through, um, through that pay for success, pay for success model. And so, um, so it really helps to eat up a lot of those expenses of having, of having a service coordinator. Personal. And and it supports 
those dozens of organizations that are doing it. And it brings, and it's a way to bring all of them together to work accordingly. So ETSS is a member, Columbus Urban League is a member. And so while somebody might refer, be referred to a community health worker at Columbus Urban League, they can work with them. But if there's certain support that they need, then they, um, they know within their uh, collaborative that they can go back to those organizations and request those, that support. Or if they identify, you know what, you might be better served over here. They already have that, um, they already have that connection. In place, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, jumping on here. Is there anything um, we didn't cover or anything that you wanted to tell us about CMHA or about your programs before we go, off, go uh, jump off of here? But I do want to say thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and taking your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Our next big push is addressing the benefits glitch. So um, I just um, ask for everybody's prayers as we start to <laughs> extend into, because <laughs> that's a heavy, that's a heavy load. Um, but then offer support and um, the request for support. So if anybody wants to learn more about how we're doing any of this work or get connected to um, want to be a part of our service provider network or um, or anything, please. Um, just, just let me know. Oh, cool. Cool. Thank you for that. And, uh, thanks for jumping on the service coordinator podcast and, uh, to all you service coordinators out there, if you haven't jumped on, uh, service coordinator which is a platform for service coordinators, a free platform for service coordinators to network and share resources and get ideas and look for jobs and all that sorts of stuff, go to servicecoordinatornation.com. Like I said, it's totally free. There's about 300 service coordinators on there from all over the country, from different organizations, um, sharing insights. So Sonia, thanks again for uh, coming on and everybody have a uh, great day out there. Thank you. Thanks for having me.